A fiasco, that's how Sinn Féin's Mary Lou MacDonald described yesterday's revelation by government that the cost of the new National Children's Hospital has soared by over half a billion euro to just 2.2 billion euro. The original estimated cost of the project back in 2015 was 650 million euro and the opening date of the hospital remains vague. The Irish Examiner reports this morning there is no set date for the opening and Taoiseach Leo Varadkar said yesterday the hospital will be open and treating children next year. The Social Democrat spokesperson on health, uh, TD Roisin Shortall joins us now in the studio. Thanks for joining us this morning, morning. Roisin. Roisin, let's start with the costs. Half a billion added to the bill for the Children's Hospital, bringing it to 2.2 billion. But isn't the reality, uh, the silver lining, as the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, uh, put it yesterday, that, that silver lining is that this is going to be transformative for children's health. Uh, good morning, Keen. Look, I think we all hope and expect that the new children's hospital, which we've waited for for so long, will be a great hospital and will provide really important health services for the children of this country. But that doesn't get away from the fact that the cost involved in this is astronomical. It has, you know, ex- far exceeded the predicted figures for the cost and in terms of the time scale as well. It has overshot the time scale, and that needs to be addressed. Yesterday, I think the government were somewhat disingenuous in the way they portrayed this. They said there would be no more money coming from the gov- this government. Um, the hospital won't be open within the lifetime of this government. Uh, there's another, you know, 12 or, eight, or 13 months to run for this government. But the hospital won't be open until after that. And the likelihood is that there will be significant numbers of claims still winding their way through the courts and needing to be funded and resolved in the coming years. Now, you mentioned cost and timescales, but there are mitigating circumstances here. Construction challenges due to the pandemic and increased building costs as well. So you have to take those into account. Yes, and and, and I do take those into account. But there are also other factors and that is the whole area of procurement. And, you know, and how properly was this handled in terms of of the the procurement office? Uh, There's also issues then in relation to, you know, the the fact that uh, this was a two-stage contract. There's also issues in relation to the spec that was set originally, where that should have been very clear from the very beginning beginning. But clearly it wasn't. And there have been various changes over the years to the spec. And every time, you know, the development board went back to change the spec, that's additional cost. We're at the point we're at now and you're calling for updated reports on costs for the hospital every two months. So how would that work and what would it achieve? Okay. well, look, the first thing I'd say is that the government's attitude to this yesterday is not acceptable where they're, you know, they're putting a spin on it, a gloss on the thing. It will be an important uh, piece of infrastructure. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, unless the government acknowledges the fact that this is way over budget and it's way over the timeline proposed, you know, lessons will not be learned and will be doomed to repeat these kind of mistakes with public infrastructure projects. So we have to learn the lessons. We have to correct the mistakes that have been made so that we don't repeat this kind of waste of public money. But I'm suggesting now at this morning's Health Committee that we request the Minister to provide update reports 
every two months to us because we need to ensure that at this point the project needs to be kept on, on track. We need to get every two months an update on the costs involved in this and particularly in relation to the claims. Where do, do things stand in relation to the very high number of claims and what's the expected uh, ultimate bill likely to be? We still don't know that. You're clear on what you're saying. We need to learn lessons from this and the big issues here are cost and proper procurement procedures for future state projects. So how would you manage that? Well, as I say, the, 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 we need to follow proper procurement uh, procedures in relation to this. We need to learn what mistakes were made in this project. Why did the, the, the cost of it uh, run out of control? This has been like a runaway train for the last few years. Why did that happen? Where were the mistakes made? What was the role of the, the Department of Public Expenditure, for example? You know, what were the controls there? What did, did you know, were, were red flags raised? Were, were alarm bells rung? And if so, what was done about that? But, you know, you have to have proper procedures. You have to have proper controls. Clearly, they didn't apply to this project. And, you know, the taxpayer is stuck with a very, very big bill as a result of this. The taxpayers stuck with a big bill but listening potentially this morning and wondering about that opening date. The construction is to be completed this year. Uh, Children, according to the Taoiseach, treat it uh, next year. Uh, But the Irish Examiner is saying this morning that there is no set opening date, uh, but it could be maybe April. So at this stage, do you think that's a realistic time frame? We still don't know. We still don't have a definite date. You know, this is best case scenario that uh, the government are talking about, that the, the build will be completed at the end of October and then it'll be about six months for uh, for fit out and commissioning. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the best case, as I, I say. Uh, there, there are many kind of slips that can take place between now and then. Uh, and that's why it's really important that this is now kept on track. It's not good enough just for the minister to say, this is what we're hoping will happen. We want reports on a regular basis to ensure that we are on track. So keep it on track, reports back on a regular basis. Now finally, at the future funding of RTE, there's a vote on the government's counter motion to Sinn Féin uh, in relation to the ab- abolition of the TV licence. The Social Democrats have an amendment down Two. So what is this? Well, there are a number of amendments to the Sinn Féin motion. Uh, Social Democrats don't agree with the, the approach being taken by Sinn Féin. Um, I don't think they've thought it through fully and certainly the idea of an amnesty is wrong on a whole lot of different fronts. So what the Social Democrats are saying is that clearly RTE need to address the issues of culture and proper governance and they need to work hard to restore the trust of the public. But we believe in terms of funding going forward that there needs to be a package of funding. Uh, uh, Certainly an element in relation to state funding, uh, ring fence state funding that there is no political interference in. We also believe that it's important that there's a connection kept with the public. Yeah, And And you're mentioning the household public service journalism charge. Yeah, we believe that there is a, a, a strong case for that. But we're also saying there's a third element of that package and that should be a levy that is, is placed on social media companies. To, to They're the biggest contributors to misinformation and disinformation. And, you know, they need to pay a levy in order to fund 
traditional media that work so hard to ensure that we actually get but, the but truth. But finally, and briefly, uh, Roisin Shorthold, that public service journalism charge, there wasn't an appetite for water charges. How could you get this over the line? Um, I, I think the public in general recognise the importance of public service media. It's really important that we do, you know, we, we can trust uh, the outlets that we have in this country, the, the traditional media outlets. And that doesn't come without a price tag. So I think many of us believe very strongly in public service uh, broadcasting and that needs to be funded properly. Roisin Shortall, thanks for joining us. 